How many of you deal with procrastination? You got a problem with it? Go on, raise your hand. I think we all do. In fact, I started this sermon. It was going to be one of the first sermons in this series, and I kept putting it off. Because that's the way procrastination works. Procrastination is a universal problem. And, And most of us know what we need to do. We just keep putting off what we need to do. And the problem with procrastination is it becomes a way of life. The more you do it, the better you get at it. And before long, you have turned into a professional procrastinator. Now, in preparation for this message, I I drew out the portrait of a procrastinator. And guess what? He looked just like me. Really, in in drawing this out, I I realized that there are several phases we go through in procrastinating. It kind of goes something like this. Stage one is, I'm going to start early this time. Have you ever said that? I'm going to start early this time. Stage two is, I've got to start soon. Phase three, I should have already started. Phase four, there's still time to get it done, but I need to go now. Phase five, what is wrong with me? (laughs) Stage six, I can't wait any longer. Stage seven, I don't care what the end results are, I just need to get this done. And then stage eight, next time I'm going to start earlier. You know, and the cycle just repeats itself. What I've discovered is a procrastinator is somebody who has a weight problem. W-A-I-T. All right, come on, come on. All right, are you with me? I even found a poem that goes with procrastination. Procrastination is my sin. It only brings me sorrow. I know that I should give it up. In fact, I will tomorrow, all right? Now, the Bible has a whole lot to say about procrastination, and we're going to be looking at several verses that deal with it today because God knows we have a problem with procrastination. I'm going to begin with James chapter 4, verse 7. Here's what James said. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, read the rest of this with me, to him it is... It's a sin, all right? And I know exactly what James is talking about here. You know what you need to be doing in life. You know the things you should be doing. And if you're not doing those things that are right, guess what? It is a sin. If you know the right thing to do and you don't do it, you're actually sinning in your life. The reverse of that is true. If there are things I know I should not be doing that are harmful for me and I go ahead and do them anyway, then that is sin as well. But I procrastinate on the things that I really need to change in my life. And why is that? Well, from God's Word, we're going to discover why that is today. We're going to look at the causes of procrastination, the cost of procrastination, and then finally, number three, the cure to procrastination. Are you ready, church? Let's begin with the causes of procrastination. I think the key to overcoming procrastination is to understand why we do it. Why do we allow it in our life? And the Bible says that you procrastinate because of four reasons. And the first reason is indecision. Everybody do your head like this. You know it's true. Indecision causes 
procrastination in our life. Going back to James chapter 1, verse 8, James said, A double-minded man is unstable, he's unbalanced in all of his ways. Why? Because he can't make up his mind. He is indecisive, and that causes procrastination. Just kind of a fun way to illustrate this that I think all of you are familiar with. Have you ever been at a restaurant with your family or a group of people, and somebody in your group just, they can't make up their mind what they want on the menu, and so the waiter or waitress comes and says, can I take your order? And everybody's saying, yeah, we're ready, except that one person who says, I need a few more minutes. Can anybody relate to that? Is there anybody in here that knows what I'm talking about? My message to my family almost every time we go out is, you guys make up your mind. When, when, that, when they come back, let's be ready to order. Why is that? Because I know if you say, come back later, they never come back. Right. It's like 17 minutes later, they finally remember, you know, I had taken their order. And so, anyway. Yeah, I feel better now that I've gotten that off my chest, all right? Indecision causes you to postpone, to procrastinate in, in buying things that you need at the house or, or, or for your life. And in getting married, you procrastinate and in buying new clothes and changing a job. But it also causes that in, in your own spiritual life, indecision. You know what? I know I need to do this for the Lord. I know I need to be reading my Bible, but you just, you can't decide when to do it. And so you don't do it. Number one cause of procrastination, indecision. You're going to be alarmed at the second one, but it's in the Word of God. It's perfectionism. Perfectionism can cause you to procrastinate. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 4 says, If you wait for the perfect conditions, you're never going to get anything done. Can anybody say amen about that? Huh? If you wait for things to be perfect, guess what? You're going to be waiting a really, really long time. You don't have the time or money for things to be perfect. I, I hear young couples say all the time, well, I'm just waiting for the perfect time for, to have kids. There is no perfect time to have kids. Okay, you're, you're going to be 90 years old and still not have any kids. All right, Because there is not a perfect time. Perfectionism causes you to procrastinate. You know the third reason that we procrastinate? It's fear. The Bible says the fear of man is a trap. When I'm afraid, I put things off. How many of you really need to go to the dentist, but you just don't make that appointment? Why? Because you're fearful of what that dentist is going to do in your mouth. It may be going to the cardiologist, you're just afraid. It may be that you're afraid to make that appointment for marriage counseling or to make that sales call or to share your faith at work. Why? Because you're afraid. And when you are afraid, you procrastinate. You put things off. Number four, the fourth cause of procrastination, you're not going to like this one at all, but the Bible calls it laziness. Laziness causes you to procrastinate. Now, this year, in 2019, I've been reading through the book of Proverbs one chapter a night before I go to bed. Whatever, whatever day of the week or the month it is, I read that chapter in the book of Proverbs, 31 chapters. So guess how many times I've read through the book of Proverbs? Ten times. I'm on my 11th time right now. At the end of the year, I'll have read through Proverbs 12 times. I, I love doing that 
One of the things I've discovered is the writer of Proverbs, the wise man, talks about lazy people. One of the words that he uses is a slothful person, a lazy person. And you know who he's describing there? He's talking about the procrastinator, the person who just keeps putting things off. For example, look at Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4. It says, the soul of a lazy man or woman desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. They're lazy. And because they're lazy, they keep putting things off. And because they keep putting things off, they don't have anything. Have you realized that our generation has a very low tolerance of pain? Yeah, really? Come on, are you with me? We, we honestly do. We are a, a nation of pampered couch potatoes. We really are. What, one of the most popular words in America today is easy. If it's easy, we want it. Come on. If it's hard, we'll just pass on it. Right? I, I mean, can you imagine a bestseller being entitled... 10 Difficult Steps to Change Your Life. I mean, who would buy that book? Or, or what about this one? 12 Painful Ways to Get in Shape. Nobody's going to buy that book. Why? If it's easy, we like it. If it's hard, we don't like it. Why? Because we're slothful. We're lazy. We keep putting things off. You know what that's called? Procrastination. Well, enough of that. Let's talk about the cost of procrastination. Uh, there's a couple of misconceptions about procrastinating. When you procrastinate, you're saying to yourself, it is easier to avoid this than it is to face this. Really, that's what you're saying. It's easier to avoid this than to face this. And I want you to know that's wrong. That's not at all what the Bible teaches. The other misconception is it's going to be easier for me to handle this tomorrow than it is today. And can I tell you again, that too is not true. In fact, that is a lie from the devil. It causes great problems in our life when we procrastinate and continue to do so. The Bible tells us there is a cost to procrastination. What does it cost? What does it cause? Well, number one... It is going to cause and it's going to magnify problems in your life. Proverbs 15, 19, out of the Good News Translation says, If you're lazy, you'll meet difficulty everywhere you go. If you are a slothful person, if you are a procrastinator, you're going to find difficulty every single day of your life. Now, one of the reasons I've been putting this message off is because I know when I say what I'm about to say, I'm, I'm calling myself out. I know that I'm going to hear it tomorrow, okay? And so I've just been putting it off. I've been procrastinating. So here, here's what I'm going to say. How many of you guys have home repairs that you've just been neglecting back home? Things you've just been putting off. Raise your, come on, be honest with me. Raise your hand. How many of you have home? How many of you have maintenance things you need to be doing? Come, come on! I want to see you. Be man enough or woman enough to raise your hand. You're, oh, you're the waiting person, right? 
until we get it in gear and do it. Yeah, I knew it was coming. I did, you know. Here's, here's what I know. I've got things right now. Angie's had this list for, I don't know, six or seven years of things that I need to be doing. And, and you know, here's the thing. I can do these things. I know how to do them. I, I can physically do them. I, I, I won't need to call a repairman unless I really mess it up, all right? I mean, they are things that I can do, but I just keep putting them off. Here's what I know. I know this. I know this in my head. They're not going to fix themselves. And number two, they're not going to get better the longer I wait. In fact, they're going to get worse. I mean, you might walk in this afternoon and your ceiling has caved in. Why? Because you've been procrastinating. You have just been putting it off. The longer you wait to start, the harder it become, becomes to begin. And that's true in life, isn't it? That's true with problems that we have. But you know what? It's even larger and more magnified when we come to personal relationships and spiritual things. It becomes more difficult in relationships. If there is a problem and you don't fix it, if you don't work on it, if you just let it ride, it's going to fester and it's going to get worse. So it just causes problems. Number two, it wastes opportunities. Look with me at Proverbs chapter 20, verse number four out of the Living Bible. If you won't plow in the winter, you're not going to eat at harvest time. Isn't that the truth? I remember the old saying, make hay while the sun shines. And when opportunity knocks, you need to open the door. So take advantage while you've got it. If you don't, you're going to miss it. It was Whittier who said, the saddest words of tongue and men are, it might have been. Okay? It's the if only thing. If only if if and ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas, right? Famous quote by David Coots, friend of mine. If only. Can I tell you something? Procrastination ruins the opportunities that God has given to you. And then number three, the, the cost of procrastination. It just hurts people. Your procrastination hurts other people. Love requires commitment and energy and work. It's easier to be lazy than it is to be loving. Because loving takes hard work. Many marriages break up because the root problem is this laziness the writer of Proverbs talks about. Both partners know exactly what needs to be done in their marriage to make it work. There needs to be time. There needs to be energy. There needs to be work given. But you know what? We're just not willing to make the effort. We say stuff like this. I want my marriage to get better, but I'm not willing to work at it. Maybe if I just wait, it's going to get better. No, it won't. It will just get worse. That's what procrastination does. It makes things that are bad even worse. So let's go on to the cure. Are you ready for the cure? Real simple outline that I have here. The cure for procrastination, do three things. Number one, you need to stop making excuses for yourself. Stop making excuses. Proverbs 22, verse 13, the lazy man is full of what? Excuses. 
Have you ever noticed that other people make excuses, but you have reasons? Let me tell you, your reasons are are just really excuses themselves. In preparation for this, I found a list of excuses that people gave to insurance companies for accidents that they had, all right? They're they're just trying to push the blame off on something or someone else. Literally, this this is what people wrote to the insurance company, like this first guy. Going home from work, I drove into the wrong house and collided with a tree that I don't own. Or what about this one? The guy was all over the road. In fact, I had to swerve a number of times before I hit him. (laughs) Or what about this? As I pulled away from the side of the road, I glanced at my mother-in-law and then headed over the embankment. (laughs) Can I tell you, it is always the mother-in-law's fault, right? Are you with me? Number four, in my attempt to kill a fly, I drove into the telephone pole. It was that fly's fault. Now, this is the one I really had to read a couple of times to, to really for it to sink in. This guy said, I was on my way to the doctor's with rear-end trouble when my universal joints gave way, causing me to have an accident. <laughs> rear-end trouble in his car. Hey, are, you, are you with me? Rear end trouble at the universal joint is in the rear end of the car. That, that, was, the, that was the problem right there. <laughs> Number six, I had been driving my car for 40 years when I fell asleep at the wheel and had an accident. <laughs> well, brother, it's time to take a nap, isn't it? All right. The telephone pole was approaching fast. I attempted to swerve off of its path when it struck my front end. Can you believe the audacity of that telephone pole? Or here's my favorite. The pedestrian had no idea which way to go, so I ran over him. Look at me, though. What's your excuse? Honestly, what excuse have you been giving? What have you been saying one of these days to? And you keep making excuses. The Bible says... The lazy man, the lazy woman is full of excuses. I love what Ben Franklin said. People who are good at making excuses are rarely good at anything else. Let that sink in. We become pros at it. So what is your excuse for procrastinating, putting off, not changing your life? You need to stop making excuses. In fact, look at your neighbor, just look at your neighbor and say out loud to them, stop it. You didn't say it mean enough, all right? But that's what you need to do. You need to stop making excuses. Number two, number two, you need to establish a plan. You you need to have a plan to live by. Proverbs 13, 16 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says a wise man, a wise woman plans ahead. But a fool does not. So if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. You need to designate, okay, this is my problem. This is what area I need to improve in. This is what I keep procrastinating over. And here's what I'm going to do to get started to fix the problem. And instead of procrastinating, you start fixing it. And you put it on your schedule. And you make time for it. 
you write it down. I'm going to start doing it today. Maybe it's your marriage. You know your marriage needs to be worked on. So what do you do? You take your calendar and your spouse and you say, hey, let's plan a date night. And you put it on a calendar. You write it down and you make a commitment to do it. Because you know if you don't write it down, you're not going to do it. And some of you continue to say, well, I'll do it when I have time to do it. You don't have time. Look at me. You don't have time. What do you do? You make time. So you've got to make the time to do it. Schedule it. The Bible says a wise man plans ahead. And if I'm not planning ahead, I am not a wise man. I'm the opposite of that. It's a word I'm not supposed to use up here. I'm dumb. Okay? I'm stupid. I'm being dumb if I don't plan this out. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16 out of the Good News Translation says, Live like wise men. Make good use of every opportunity. Don't, don't waste your time. Don't waste moments. Make use of every opportunity you have. I, I heard a true story about a man who memorized 1,000 Bible verses while he was stopped at red lights. He was making good use of every moment the, that the Lord had given to him. So those big tasks, you break them down into bite-sized pieces. You know how you write a book? One page at a time. You know how you complete a journey of a thousand miles? One step at a time. You know how you eat an elephant? Just one bite at a time. You need to plan your life out. You need to establish a schedule. The Bible says wise people do that. They understand what they procrastinate on. And they plan out to fix the problem. So you schedule it. You write it down. And then thirdly, finally, most important thing, you start doing it right now. You start now. Not next month, not next week, not tomorrow, but right now. Whatever it is that you're going to do, you need to do it now. Proverbs 27 verse 1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. In fact, none of us in this room are guaranteed tomorrow. You say, well, I'll do it someday. Can I tell you, someday is today. One of these days is none of these days. So whatever needs to be done in your life, you need to do it right now. I've heard people say, well, I'm aiming to change. I'm aiming to change. And my question is, when are you going to pull the trigger? You've been aiming for 40 years. Let's pull the trigger. Three words that are going to change your life. Do it now. Say that with me. One, two, three. Do it now. And I mean do it now. I want, I want you to think about what God wants you to do in four specific areas of your life. Just think of the first thing that comes into your mind when I say, first of all, what does God want you to do in your family? Something in your family that you've been postponing, you've been procrastinating on, a change that needs to be made, something you need to do with your family. What is it that you need to do with your family you've been putting off? The second area is your personal life. What, what is it that you've always wanted to do? Maybe it's a vision that God has put in your heart, a, a desire that you've had, and you just haven't pulled the 
trigger. You haven't done it. You've been postponing it. I was talking to a guy not long ago, and, and, and he said one of his regrets in his life was that he never finished his, his uh, degree. He wanted to have a terminal degree, a PhD, and he just never finished that. Now he's retired. And I said to him, well, what's keeping you from doing it now? I mean, you've got more time now than you've ever had before. So what is it that you need to do in your personal life? Number three, what about in your career? What is that thing that you need to be doing at work? What is piling up in your life right now? And fourthly, and most importantly, what is it that you need to be doing for God? What job does God have for you that you've been telling God, hold on, God, not right now, God, call me back later, God, what is it that God wants you to do? And whatever the answer is to these four areas, my advice to you is start today. You know what you need to be doing. You know what you've been procrastinating in. Let's start today, not tomorrow, not next week. Let's start right now. Now, NASA tells us that the greatest amount of energy is required to get a rocket off the, off the launching pad. That requires more energy than anything else. When a rocket is in orbit, it's a cinch. It's no problem. It, it, it's no effort at all. All the problem is and all the energy that is required is up front to get the thing going. So let me tell you, it's going to cost you some energy to get going today, but you need to get going. Years ago when we lived in Pine Bluff, Angie and I invested in a boat. You know, you know what they say about people who own boats. The two happiest days in their life is when they buy it. Number two, when they sell it, all right, if they can sell it. So we bought this uh, Glastron uh, ski boat because we love to go water skiing. And, and man, we bought this Glastron. It was a good-looking silver boat. Had a Mercury 150 outboard on it. And it, it was a great little boat for our family. Uh, but one of the problems it had is the carpet started to deteriorate, you know. And there were some weak spots in the floorboard of it. So you could walk around in this boat and hit one of those spots and you're afraid you're going to fall right through it. All right? It, it's, it's really getting bad. And so I asked some buddies, you know, what was needed to, to fix that. And, and one day I, I pulled that boat. We lived in the parsonage on the property that the church owned. And so I actually had the boat in the church parking lot. And I got out there with my circular saw, hammer and chisel and some other tools. And I dove into that thing. I ripped the carpet out and I was cutting the boards out and the flooring out and throwing stuff out of that boat. Man, I was just tearing up Jack in there, man, getting with it. Friend of mine, church member named Les Cooper came by. Les, he, he's a great guy. He, Gary, you know Les. He, he called me preach, preach. So he called me preach. Hey, preach. And so he's kind of a short guy and he, he tip, got on his tiptoes and looked at me inside that boat and I was worried. He said, preach, what are you doing in there? And I looked at him and said, well, Les, I'm, I'm replacing the floor. He said, yeah, I can see that. He said, you know, you've, you've already done the hardest part. I said, dude, I just got started. He said, that's it. <laughs> and isn't it true? The hardest thing is just to get started. Galatians 6, 9 says, and let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we're going to reap if we don't give up. And so I'm saying to you today, you know what? Don't give up. Keep doing the right thing. 
What's it going to take for you to get in gear today and quit postponing and procrastinating the things that need to change in your life? God says you need to do this. And God says, I want to help you in this area. And the starting point is to get God's power in your life. Because you know what? You're going to need God's power to overcome these issues that you're dealing with. The biggest mistake in life is delaying in getting God's power. It is delaying in getting Jesus Christ into your life. I don't know anybody who doesn't eventually plan to get their life right with God. I've heard people say a hundred times to me, I have every good intention of giving my life to Jesus. I have every good intention of living for God. Here's the problem. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. So many people intended to get their life and their act together. But you know what? They kept putting it off and postponing it. So, stop doing that, man. Let's get our life in gear. Let's do it today. One of these days is none of these days. Someday is today. The Bible from cover to cover always challenges us to act in the present. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 6.2, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. And so let me just talk to you from my heart to your heart as I close. Today is your day of salvation. I mean, so, some of you have, you, you know, for weeks you have known, I need to give my heart to Jesus. For months you have known, I need to be saved. For years you have known, I need to give my life to God. Today is that day. Today, November the 10th, 2019, right now, today is the day for you to do that. So would you do it? Would you give your life to Jesus today? Why? Today is the day of salvation. Now, there are others of you in this room who've made that initial commitment to Jesus Christ. You've been saved. You're a Christian, but yet you're struggling with this. You're saying to yourself, you know what? Someday, someday I'm really going to get involved in God's work. Someday I'm really going to join a Bible class. Someday I'm going to start tithing. One of these days I'm going to start reading my Bible. One of these days I'm really going to live for God. Some of these days I'm going to stop doing those things that I know are displeasing to the Lord. One of these days I'm going to start really working on my marriage. One of these days, I'm going to ask for counseling. One of these days, I'm really going to clean up my life. Now, I love you guys, so I can talk this way to you. Would you just stop messing around and do it today? I mean, really, do it today. Stop procrastinating. It just makes things worse. It's never going to get better. You need to do it today. Because today is the day. God has given you this day to make things right with him. 